Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. This morning on our show is going to be a little different. This first, we're going to kick off with Make-A-Wish Foundation, and then we're going to sit down with PennDOT and have a great discussion about all the projects that they're up to in our district. But first is Lacey Bear with Make-A-Wish Foundation. Good morning, Lacey. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited. Next week is our 29th Light Up a Child's Life campaign here on Sunny 106. So thank you, guys. Um, you know, it's been 29 years. And in those 29 years, this community has raised just under $2.3 million for Make-A-Wish. So that is amazing. I, I love coming here. I, I don't think it's Christmas without having these campaigns and without being over here. Um, but you guys are just so amazing for our kids. We are a wish-granting organization. Um, our mission is to create life-changing wishes for children with critical illnesses. And every year we're over here, you know, and we ask, pennies turn into dollars and dollars turn into wishes. And you guys come through and do boys every single year. It is just amazing to me. I can't say enough about the schools over here, the individuals, the businesses, the clubs. I, I can't even go through everybody because everybody comes out of the woodwork and it just makes, I can't do my job without this community. So just a huge thank you to everybody here in the Dubois in the Tri-County area and to Sunny. Um, you open your radio station every year to us um, for these kids. So thank you. We're looking forward to an exciting 29th year. Absolutely. And I believe you're right, Lacey. Our community is extremely generous. And uh, obviously, these wishes aren't possible without that generosity. But maybe you can share uh, in the next minute or two, share what is going on with Make-A-Wish and it, it, the giving starts today? The giving starts. It, it's all year long. Um, but I'm so excited this year, you know, with the COVID pandemic the past couple of years, we've kind of had a travel restriction pause. So our wishes have looked different um, because obviously we deal with a very fragile population with our kids. So we were a little more cautious with you know, whether they were allowed to travel or not. But uh, late this summer, early September, all of those travel wishes opened back up. So it it's so exciting to be in the office now and, you know, see the kids being allowed to go back to Disney World or, you know, go and meet someone. So it's been a very busy year. Um, we continued throughout the pandemic to grant the wishes. They just looked a little different. But I, I'm just so excited. It's just such an awesome job. So most definitely. And just really quickly, Lacey, um, before we let you go, how do people get involved? How do we give to make a wish this year? I will be here all next week. You can call 372-1065. You can stop down and see us here at the studio. Um, or you can jump on the internet or Facebook on Sunny's Facebook page. Excellent. Well, thank you for stopping in to contact on Connect FM, and we wish you all the best uh, in making wishes for these children. Thanks so much. Thank you. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Community County Services for local family-based mental health. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Good morning and welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. 
Uh, earlier, we heard from Make-A-Wish, a great organization to get involved with and help uh, make wishes possible for those children in need. Uh, we're also going to have a conversation here now with the leaders of our local PennDOT, uh, District 2. And in live with me is Tom Zerat, the district executive, and Steve Fantecki, who is the assistant district executive con for construction. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good morning. All right, so everyone's favorite subject has got to be PennDOT and roads and construction. Um, obviously, all the seriousness aside, like the what you do is extremely important for our Commonwealth, so we appreciate your service to our Commonwealth. Can you talk a little bit, Tom, about what District 2 is and what that means to people? Yeah, sure. Um, District 2 is um, one, of, one of the 11 engineering districts in Pennsylvania. Um, we, uh, we have rather a large district. We have nine counties that are in the north central part of the state. They include uh, McKean and Potter all the way up the McKean County line. We come down through and we have uh, Elk, Cameron, Clinton, Clearfield Center, and then we go all the way down to Mifflin and Juniata counties get, getting down towards Harrisburg. So we have, we have a large district. Um, we always tell people it's about the size of the state of New Jersey. Um, we have 3,700 road miles, and uh, we maintain about 2,200 bridges. So, um, Which is just incredible. When you think about those numbers uh, for District 2, which doesn't sound like a lot to many people because I don't think they know until you told us how big it is, that's an incredible amount of roadway, and the number of bridges is unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It, it, I mean, we look at them as assets, you know, and trying to manage those assets. Um, you know, we also employ about 850 people uh, to manage that that uh, you know those assets. So, um, you know, again, we have we have uh, quite a force out there as far as as far as the people that work for District Two. Um, but uh, you know, just just the area that we cover, and we were talking a little bit before the show, is that you know Clearfield's kind of centrally located, but it's an hour and a half or two hours to the edges of our district. If we go up to you know Bradford or Cottersport or all the way down to Lewistown and the Thompson Town area, is just just the travel to get to some of our sites, you know, to some of our construction project locations is is. Um, quite a quite a distance for us to cover, so you know that's challenging in itself. Just the geography that we that we ma you know maintain. Yeah, no, the geography does sound uh, daunting in my mind. Um, can you? I know PennDOT has been in the in the news a lot, particularly in the last year over tolling of bridges and things of that nature. We're not going to get into that huge discussion. Maybe another day. But sure. Any any plans of PennDOT to do any tolling in our district? No, um, they're they're still looking at at doing um, some large bridges that are on the interstate system. Uh, they need they need replaced. They're all in other districts at this point. Um, the ones that they're looking at, uh, they're still looking at ways to fund them. Um, but uh, as far as the tolling um, in, and and being in our district, there are no plans for that. No at plans in yep. District Two. Excellent, um, Steve Vantecki. You are in charge of construction. Can you tell us what that is and what that means? Well, at, at, our, dis, at our district, we have a staff of about 80, 80 uh, employees in construction. And we, we manage probably about, uh, like this year, we managed about 85 projects. 
throughout the district. So a lot of these projects are, you know, let it in one year, we get them done in a year. A lot of them are multi-year projects. So that's pretty much the, uh, the program we had. Some of the local projects we had in, in Clearfield County was um, 80 B41. That's the Woodland Interchange. Right. Woodland uh -huh. Interchange. That was a three-year project. Another notable project is um, the high-speed interchange. The precursor was the low local access interchange over in Center County. That was a three-year project. That that was a very very successful project, also. Yeah, I will say that uh, it seems that the people of the Commonwealth don't like the projects while they're happening, but they're great once they're finished, right? I mean, there's truly thought behind what we're doing and how we're doing it. I know PennDOT probably takes a lot on the chin at times when I-80 is backed up or, or something like that is backed up. The interchange project that you were talking about, the Woodlands exit, but all great things now that it's finished. Yeah, we try to make the projects go as smooth as possible by uh, providing um, good access for, for motorists. Um, like on the Woodland Interchange, we actually were able to, with the topography, provide a, an extra bridge, a temporary bridge there to keep traffic flowing smoothly. And that's what we try to do, uh, keep four lanes of traffic going on 80. Try to, our, our goal is to not only have safety for our employees and contractors, but also the traveling public. That's the utmost importance to us. Oh, sure. Um, hopefully, we're making headway in the safety, if that's something you'd like to talk about. I know flaggers are always at risk. Um, people out there, hopefully, uh, the, the people in our Commonwealth are slowing down for our workers. Are we seeing improvement in that area? Yeah, and you, and you said it. it, it slowing down, slowing down um, while going through work zones is probably the biggest key is... Uh, you know, and the the other part about that is we continue to see um, distracted drivers, mm. and I think I you know with cell phones and and all that. Um, but we have a lot of what what we call work zone intrusion accidents, is where people are going through the work zone and then somehow you know in the, in the actual travel lane and then somehow ending up into the work zone area and um we actually we actually had a near miss up on one of our construction projects that uh that uh, a vehicle swerved back into the work zone and hit our inspector's car and luckily the general we, we had a young college intern um talking to our inspector at his car was able to get out of the way of that vehicle entering back into the work zone so yeah that's very scary yeah so we, we've had a couple we've had a couple work zone intrusions and we, we we try to tell people you know slow down is probably the primary thing and then just be aware of what's going on in the work zone and and you know the distracted driver parts continues to be an issue but um you know we try to address it with the signing and everything but just ask everybody to please be safe when in the work zones yeah absolutely it seems that uh, unfortunately cell phones and texting have become a a thing while people drive, which is amazing to me. I do not text and drive, but um, I'm always scared when I watch people do it, and I see it every day. Yeah, yeah. And we ask hands-free if you're if, if you have the ability to be hands-free, please use that while you're in your car. Yes, absolutely. Um, I know we just had uh, the big first snowstorm of the year, caught some people by surprise. Uh, maybe you can give our listeners some tips and and safety thoughts on driving in the winter this year. Yeah, um, you know, w when looking at the winter, and uh, you know, the first thing I recommend people is have a good set of tires on your car. I mean, ultimately, that's where your traction is. Um, you know, so you know, check your tires and make sure you have good tires. 
Um, you know, and then and then the other thing we always ask people is check the weather. Uh, you know, a- anymore now you ought to know what the weather is going to be. You know, cell phones and everybody has the ability to check your weather. Most storms that we get during the winter are less than a 24-hour duration. Right. So if you can drive ahead of it or you can wait one day, if you don't have to be out there, don't be out there. Is if you can change your schedule, is you know that's ideal. Ideally, the best thing to do is you not drive if you don't have to. But if you have to be out there, um, again, you know, make sure you have good tires on your car. Um, the, the slow down, just like in work zones, we say again. You know, in most cases, if you just slow down a little bit, you can get to where you're going. Um, we 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 ask people on the safety side of it remove all the ice and snow from your car so you have good vision while you're out there also mm-hmm. is you know get that snow off the roof of your car so it's not blowing on the people behind you off your window so you And that's see. becoming a new law, right? It ice they, ice they has to be knocked off your vehicle, right? Cuz yep. that's pretty dangerous. Yeah. It is. It is. Um and and always uh, anymore, carry a cell phone if you got to go out in the bad weather. You really don't want to get stuck out mm-hmm. there if something happens and you have the ability to call somebody. Um, uh, and, and then the other thing we tell people is um, turn your headlights on too. Make yourself visible if you're right. out there. So, um, so those are some of the things. Just if you're thinking about thinking about it and you've got to be out and drive, just keep some of those things in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Great uh, advice for uh, our drivers out there, especially during this winter season. Um, I'm not sure who it falls to, Tom. It may fall to you and Steve, but maybe you could tell us about some maybe potential upcoming projects that we should keep an eye out in the next year or two in Clearfield County or uh, any of the counties that you are over. Yeah, I'll let I'll let Steve finish up a little bit with the conversation on. We talked. He, he mentioned the high speed inter- interchange. We have quite a project going on over in the state college area at the current. Um, I-99 and I-80 mm-hmm. uh, intersection at Belf- interchange at Belfont. Last year, just east of that, we built a new local, local connector. And um, this next year, we're looking at bidding the high-speed connector. Steve knows quite a bit about that project. If you want to talk a little bit about that, Steve. Yeah, the high-speed high uh, interchange will take... Uh, I-99 right now comes up to I-80, and it goes. it's in a two-lane section. So the high-speed interchange... The main goal with that is provide a high-speed access from I-99 to I-80, both you know, when you go off I-99 north and go off to I-80 west or east or, or vice versa, coming from 80 on the I-99. It's not going to be stock conditions and, and merging. It'll, it'll be smooth transitions from there. But in order to build that interchange, uh, we had to build a local access interchange, which would take Jacksonville Road, SR-26, and kind of separate that and put a, put them in a different different alignment. Uh, that's why we had to build a local access interchange to separate the local traffic from the high speed traffic, sp- high speed interchange traffic, and that that creates a more safe condition for the traveling public. Yeah, that sounds like a obviously a worthy project. Uh, anytime you can make it safer and. I assume faster at some level for travelers, but while keeping it safe, it's a good project to have. And I-99 was quite the project as well. Sure. And and that's one of the larger projects uh, in the state next year. Um, Looking at a price tag of about $190 million for that, that interchange. So it's, it's quite a project. That's quite a project, yep. $190 million. That's a little bit of money. But yes, um, something else that we talked about earlier, um, 
people's understanding of what Rhodes PennDOT owns. Maybe you can give us some insight into that, Tom. Like, I know that it belongs to the state, but not all roads are state roads. No, they're, they're not. You have uh, local municipalities, you know, whether, whether it be a township or a borough or a city, um, they all have roads that are under their jurisdiction. So, um, you know, or ownership. And, you know, PennDOT has certain roads that we own and there's other roads owned by the municipalities that they're responsible for. So, um, yeah, so it, it, sometimes it's hard to distinguish between some of the secondary roads that PennDOT has. We, we own some roads that, like, if you went to another state, you'd be looking at them, you know, saying, man, that's, you know, that, you know, that's a dirt road. We had dirt roads up in Potter County. Sure. So, uh, but they're state roads. So sometimes, sometimes just looking at the road, it's hard to tell the ownership of it. But there are, you know, the municipalities do own, they own roads, roads and they do own bridges uh, also. So we have local roads and local bridges within our district that, that um, the municipality itself would be responsible for. Right. And something that came up in our conversation that I didn't, I don't even think I realized at one point, PennDOT owned Maple Avenue, right? That would be an example and, of like yeah. once owning a road and yeah. giving it back to a municipality. Yeah. There's, there's times and in, in, in Steve had mentioned it uh, when we were talking prior to this was that there's times that the municipality actually would like to take the road over. They, sure. You know, they look at a state road and say, you know, that, that maybe they have to drive across it to plow, to get to where they're plowing anyways. And they're saying, why don't we own that road and just drop the plow here and get paid, <laughs> you know, to, to plow that, you know, roadway ourselves. So um, there's times they want it for that reason. Um, there's times, you know, that we have certain restrictions that we're not allowed to do. We, you know, we obviously have rules and regulations. Sure. That, that we try to enforce to be consistent on a statewide basis. And some munis municipalities, they want to do some downtown beautification or, or something in that sense, which really doesn't meet what our, you know, our requirements or our standards are. Um, we, we talk about uh, colored crosswalks and things right. like that, that you know, everybody's like, man, those, those are really nice. Those are beautiful. But we just, we just don't put those in you know, on the PennDOT roadways. But if the municipalities take them back, there's certain things you know, then they can do that, that you know, under their own rules and requirements and stuff. So there's times they do that, that, that uh, to pull it back in their community and, and take ownership of it and allow themselves to manage that roadway and, and do some of the things they want to do. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, interesting, and I also think and maybe it's my own uh, lack of knowledge. But when I think roads, I think PennDOT. PennDOT owns all roads. It's not a oh, true yeah. statement, and I think yeah. there is a big differentiation that's necessary because yeah. I'm sure you guys probably get blamed for some things that you have nothing to do with. <laughs> so, yeah. well, another one in another one in Dubois for you is uh, Main Street that runs out by the hospital. Sure, that used to be a state roadway. You know, what was that? Probably five to seven years ago yeah. and in the same thing it was another turn back program uh where the where the city wanted to do some things and take ownership of that roadway and you know we we provided money to rehabilitate it you because know, it, it totally got reconstructed right. just like maple avenue is and then and then the city took ownership of it and so. i think you made a great point in our private conversation if you don't mind i'm going to share it for a second yeah. which is the fact that uh, you told me in that transition from state to municipalities, there were money exchanged yeah. from the state to help redo Maple Avenue. It's not like they gave it to the city and said, here you go, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah we, yeah, we don't look for our worst roads and try to dump them <laughs> on the municipalities. You're right, is that um, we do work with them. And, you know, the, a lot of times they'll look at it and that incent one of the incentives for them to take it over is that w there'll be a, a money, you know, exchange of, you know, hey, we want the road paved. We want to do this. We 
we want to do that, we work out a cost estimate with them. Or um, there's times that we've had our contractor do the work and then sure. turn it over at that time. But it should be noted. That way it doesn't look like the yeah, pen dot. Right, it's just right. like, here's a bad yeah, road. Right, right. <laughs> trying to find a municipality to take over all our bad roads. We, Yeah, we try not to do that, obviously. Right. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we'll finish up our conversation with you. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Lifespan Family Services, located in the Dubois Mall for local adoption and foster care services. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. We're having a great conversation with our district executive, Tom Zarat from PennDOT, and Steve Fantecki, who is the assistant district executive for construction in District 2. And talking about District 2, gentlemen, it seems like uh, it's a big district, lots of money being spent. Can you give us some insight into like the reinvestment that you're making in our area? Yeah. Um this this past year we we had we spent about 112 million dollars in on our projects in district two and it was a, you know i mentioned the vast program of you know 86 projects that we managed uh upcoming this year um one of the projects locally is a signal project where we're, we're going to be working on signals in the in on long 255 so you'll see that construction going on and what you know basically pendot just does help the municipalities uh install the signals and then the municipalities by permit actually uh, manage the signals after that so like roadways uh, when a municipality takes over roadways they do receive liquid fuels monies to take over those roadways so uh, we, we work hand in hand with the municipalities to do a lot of these a lot of this work yeah and and looking at next year um, we have about 48 projects that we're going to bid during the calendar year of 2023 for a total of um, about $263 million. A, a lot of that comes out of that I-99 project, I-80, I-99. Okay. But, um, but here, um, another project we have in our area is um, the River Road Bridge over in Clearfield that keeps getting hit by trucks. We're actually right. working with the railroad over there to replace that span over River Road and raise it up. And uh, that's scheduled to be bid this year, and going to be a. Was that uh, just a question of being too obviously too low, yeah. but or truckers not paying attention, or what happened there? I, 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 there's enough signs out there that uh, <laughs> um, they ought to. I, I don't know if they recognize how low it is. I mean, it says what the distance on it. I think it's 12 foot four, and I don't think they know how high their truck is. But right. They, they continually get down there and um, either have to turn around or actually contact, make contact and hit the bridge. So, uh, so the railroads uh, and PennDOT, PennDOT's funding it and working with the railroad and we're gonna get that replaced next year. So that'll be an interesting project for us. Today. Right, but that's also a very tangible one that people can see that there's a problem and PennDOT is taking care of that and uh, that'll be obviously a very important fix to that community because we don't need accidents like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, agreed. So uh, again, we're, we've probably got another hundred million dollars on top of that high-speed interchange that'll be invested in our roadways and bridges within the district uh, next year with our letting program. And that's an incredible number. I mean, you're just talking about one district for easily. You can spend a hundred million dollars, maybe two hundred million. Yeah, it goes pretty fast. But these. Uh, Projects are very expensive, but very, yep. very important, right? And, and, and then to note that we spend another $100 million in um, our maintenance program every year. Oh, wow. So when you yeah. look at our, our nine counties, the, the maintenance that goes on out there, plus winter services and everything, there's another $100 million invested in, in our maintenance program. Well, that's amazing. And uh, honestly, gentlemen, I know I told you this before we came in. Definitely would love to have you back on someday. I learn a lot. I'm sure my listeners are learning a lot. Uh, thank you for educating us. Thank you for your over-combined 60 years of service <laughs> to our state. Um, the Commonwealth appreciates it because this is very important. So I want to thank you guys for making time for us here on Contact. Yeah, and thanks for having us, and we'll thank you for gladly come back. That'll be excellent. Have a wonderful day.